Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Yes, so the reading is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may cheer when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill. And almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy. And honour men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. Having good role models are vital for your spiritual growth. I I can remember as a young Christian having a number of of, of guys uh, who were older than me who I looked up to. Uh, and they were, were great role models. They were wonderful role models. They, they just lived out their faith and showed me practically how to be a Christian. Uh, one was a surfer. Another one was a guy who was also just really good at sport. And a couple of the others were really good husbands and fathers. Uh, and, and they were, were great Role models. They didn't, uh, you know, sit me down and teach teach me things. They just lived out their faith, and, and they were so inspiring. And all through my my Christian life, I've always had all the people, uh, all the Christians who I've looked up to, and who have been wonderful role models for me. And we all need good role models. Today we continue our series through the book of Philippians, uh, which is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, and it's kind of known as Paul's joy letter, uh, because it's all about joy and how to experience the joy of the Lord. And today we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2 and verses 19 to 30, which shows us three great role models of Christ-like character. Timothy. Epaphroditus, and Paul himself. 
But before we do that, we first need to look at the background to this letter to truly understand what's going on. Now, it's most likely that the church in Philippi was having some kind of problems. And, and so they, they want Paul to come and visit them to try to resolve these issues. But then Paul gets thrown into prison and now he's 800 miles away in a prison in Rome and he isn't able to come to them. And because he's in prison, the church in Philippi decides to send a guy by the name of Epaphroditus to go to Paul to look after Paul and supply all his needs. You see, there was no Sky TV in a Roman prison in those days. In fact, you didn't even get food or water. You were completely dependent upon family members and friends to come and supply all your needs. So they send Epaphroditus to Rome to look after Paul. And because they've sent Epaphroditus to look after Paul, they're hoping that Paul might send Timothy to them, because they know Timothy really well. Timothy was with Paul when Paul planted the church in Philippi. And so they're hoping, now that Epaphroditus is there to look after Paul, Timothy, he would be able to send Timothy to them on his behalf. But things don't kind of work out to plan. Firstly, Epaphroditus becomes ill, very ill. In fact, he almost dies. Then secondly, Epaphroditus recovers. But now Epaphroditus is really anxious and worried about the church back in Philippi because the church has heard that Epaphroditus is extremely ill and might die. In those days, you can't pick up the phone or send a WhatsApp message to say you're better. Someone has to travel all the way to Philippi. Someone has to travel 800 miles on foot to let them know that Epaphroditus is better. So Epaphroditus is worried about the church back home, and he wants to go back home to see them. And then thirdly, Paul wants Timothy to stay with him until he finds out the verdict in his trial, whether he'll be set free or executed. So rather than sending Timothy to Philippi, Paul decides to to send Epaphroditus instead. He's going to send Epaphroditus back to Philippi. And then later, once Paul finds out what the verdict is, he plans to send Timothy then, so that Timothy can bring them news of the verdict. And then, much later, Paul himself is planning to come and visit Philippi because he's fairly confident that he will be set free. And so now Paul wants to explain all of this to the church in Philippi because otherwise they're going to be kind of shocked when all of a sudden it's not Timothy whom they expected but Epaphroditus who appears and he's well and he's better, he's recovered. Uh, you know, they might be wondering, was he not ill? Uh, did we grieve and, and, and get worried and get all anxious for nothing? And why has Paul sent him back? Did he fail in his mission? Did he quit? And where's Timothy? Doesn't Timothy care about us anymore? And so in order to answer all these questions, Paul writes this letter, gives it to Epaphroditus to carry all the way back to Philippi. 
And in the letter, Paul makes it clear, firstly in verse 20, that Timothy does show a genuine concern for your welfare. And in verse 27, he states that Epaphroditus was indeed ill and almost died. And in verse 29, he says that they need to welcome him and honor him because his mission was a success. Isn't that amazing? I mean, just think about that for a moment. Paul is in prison, and he's waiting to find out whether he's going to be executed or not. And what's he thinking about? His only concern is what the church in Philippi is going to think. They might think Epaphroditus was a failure. Maybe they might think he quit. They might not welcome him and honor him the way they should. Epaphroditus might become embarrassed. They might be thinking that Timothy doesn't care about them. What's he thinking about? Other people and their needs. Let me tell you, if I was in prison waiting to find out if I were going to be executed or not, I'll be like, who cares about Epaphroditus? Who cares about Epaphroditus' feelings and Timothy's feelings in the church? Now, I'm about to die. Let's focus on me, please. Yeah, Right? Paul is completely concerned. Even when facing possible death, he's completely concerned about other people's needs. And what's better for them? Wow. Isn't that amazing Christ-like character? And in this passage, we see three Christ-like characters. We see Timothy and Epaphroditus and Paul. So firstly, Timothy. In verse 20, Paul says, I have no one else like him. I have no one else like him. I mean, who does Paul hang out with? What kind of people? Barnabas, Titus, Silas, John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark, Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Acts, I mean, the Gospel of Luke and Acts. I mean, these are awesome guys Paul's hanging out with, and he says, I have no one else like Timothy. Wow. I mean, that is high praise. What makes Timothy so great? What, what makes him so unique? He goes on. Who will show genuine, not insincere, not selfish, genuine concern for your welfare? Whose welfare? Your welfare. What makes Timothy so great and unique it's not because he's so popular and he's so funny and, and, and he's, he's a great preacher and, and he's, he's a fine musician. No, what makes him great is that he's more concerned about the welfare of the Philippians than he is about for himself. Verse 21, For everyone looks out for their own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. What Paul's saying here is everyone else in the world is always asking, what can I gain from this? How will this benefit me? We even have the saying, what's in it for me? That's selfish. That's not being Christ-like. And unlike everyone who always looks out to their own interests, Timothy is genuinely concerned for other people's welfare. The welfare of the church in Philippi. The welfare for, for Paul. 
rather than his own. Take note that the phrase in verse 20, who will show genuine concern for your welfare, is equated to the interests of Jesus in verse 21. The way that Timothy puts the interests of Jesus above his own interests is by putting the welfare of the church in Philippi above his own interests. And the way we express our love and devotion for Jesus is by being more concerned about other people's needs than we are about our own. Verse 22, But you know that Timothy has proved himself. Timothy's not the kind of guy who says, you know, I'm really concerned for you, I'm really, you know, my concern for you, but, but then does nothing. No. He proves his concern for their welfare by his actions. In other words, he's faithful. He's reliable. He's a man of his word. He's not perfect, but he is faithful. Proven character. How has he proved himself? Well, Paul says, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. The way he's proved that he's genuinely concerned for other people is by his Christ-like character. By, by sticking with Paul, serving with Paul like a son with his father. The idea here, the picture here is of apprenticeship. In those days, a son would always follow into his father's career. And the way he would do that, the way he would learn the, the trade, is by becoming an apprentice to his father. And, and, and Timothy's become like a son to Paul, and has become like Paul's apprentice, working together for the gospel. Even when Paul goes to prison, even when Paul's on death row, Timothy's still there by Paul's side, sticking with him, faithful. That's risky. Aligning yourself with someone who's in prison and on death row is risky. Because if it doesn't go well for them, you might be next. This is costly. This is commitment. This is putting Paul's interests above his. Paul's welfare above his. That's Christ-like character. That's Timothy. And if you don't know a person like this, then pray that God would bring a person like this into your life. And if you're not a person like this, then pray that God will make you a person like that. Secondly, Epaphroditus. In verse 25, Paul says, he says, Epaphroditus is my brother. By using the personal pronoun, my, rather than just saying a brother, shows you how much Paul values Epaphroditus. And then he calls him a co-worker and a fellow soldier. Which is all about how they worked hard together for the gospel and how they suffered together for the gospel. Being a fellow soldier implies they faced Hardships and difficulties and persecution together, side by side. And this reminds us that being a Christian is all about working hard for the gospel, but also suffering together because we've been faithful to Jesus. And he says in verse 29 to 30, So then welcome him in the Lord with 
great joy and honor people like him. Why should we honor him? Verse 30, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. We are to, they are to honor him because he was prepared to die for the work of the gospel, just as Jesus was prepared to die for the work of the gospel. The Greek word translated risk literally means gambled. He gambled his life. He was playing with high stakes. He, he wasn't a coward. He was courageous. He would risk his own life for the sake of the gospel. How had he risked his life? Well, the, the 800-mile journey to Rome would have been risky in and of itself. But along the way, he probably became ill. And rather than giving up or turning back, he carried on, risking his life. And he almost did die in order to bring aid to Paul. And then when he gets to Rome, he aligns himself with Paul. And so just like Timothy, aligning yourself with someone who's on death row is risky. Because if it doesn't work out well for them, it might not work out well for you. He risked his life for the gospel. And so we we to honor him, not just because of the great things he did, and he did do great things, not just for the great things he did, but also for the reason why he did it. Why did he do it? Well, verse 30 says, to make up for the help you yourselves could not give. He didn't do it for himself. There was nothing in it for him. He did it to help the church in Philippi, to help Paul. Nothing for him. He was doing it to help others. He risked his life. He almost died to bring aid to a person in need, Paul. He was prepared to die for other people. And we are called to honor people like that. Who do you honor? We don't live in a culture that really honors people, do we? We, we live more in a culture that ridicules, mocks, and makes fun of people. And we're constantly putting people down, even our loved ones. But we call to honor people. When you honor people, it leads to joy. When you constantly pull people down, everyone's miserable. And we're not called to honor the rich and the famous, the celebrities, the, the super talented and the gifted. No, we are called to honor those who serve others. Especially those who serve behind the scenes, those thankless tasks. Serving not for themselves, but for other people. We're called to honor people like that. We're called to, to honor those who, who put their interests and the needs of others above themselves. We're called to honor those who would risk their life for the gospel and risk their life to help other people like Jesus did. In the early church, there was an association of men and women uh, called the, the Parabolani which means the gamblers. 
Their aim was to visit prisoners in prison and to help and visit the sick, especially those with dangerous and highly infectious diseases. In AD 252, a plague broke out in Carthage. And people were like literally throwing the bodies of the dead out and fleeing. Cyprian, a Christian bishop, gathered his congregation together and put them to work. The work of burying the dead bodies and nursing and looking after the sick, the ill. And in doing so, at the risk of their lives, they saved the city from destruction and desolation. And we are all called to have that risky courage to gamble with our lives for the sake of the gospel, to serve Jesus and to serve other people. And then thirdly and lastly, Paul. In this section of the letter, we, we get a glimpse of Paul's pastoral heart. He, his, his real affection and bond with Timothy, who he calls his son. And even though that he will say in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Even though he claims that, yet he, he wants, he needs Timothy to be with him until he hears the verdict. And when Epaphroditus almost dies, he says in verse 27, But God had mercy on him. That means he recovered from his illness. And not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Paul experienced sorrow. And the potential of sorrow upon sorrow. What are these sorrows? Well, the sorrow of seeing his, the, the, the pain of seeing his friends suffering with an illness. And the potential pain and sorrow of seeing his friend die. The sorrow of bereavement. And even though Paul knows in his head that if his friend dies, he will be with Jesus, which as he says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 23, is better by far. Even though he, he knows that, he's heartbroken. Because he loves his friends deeply. And when you love deeply, you grieve deeply. Paul is real about his feelings. Being a Christian doesn't mean we're going to have a life free of stress and strain. A life of pure, absolute, unending joy, cheerfully doing the Lord's work all day long. No, there will be sorrow. And although we have a strong faith, we, God still expects us to be human. And so we face all that life throws at us with faith and honesty.
And so we see three great role models here. Timothy, Epaphroditus, and Paul. They all put the needs and the interests of other people above their own. All three risked and gambled their life for the sake of the gospel and serving Jesus and others. All three had a great, strong faith, but were real and honest about their feelings and their emotions. And these are great role models for us to follow. And so the real question for us today is who do you honor? And a more important question, will you become a person like this? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the examples of Christ-like character that we see in each other. We also thank you for the examples of the Christ-like character that we see in Timothy and Epaphroditus and Paul. Their strong faith, but their real honesty. Their their ability to put the needs of others above their own and be focused on others and even being prepared to risk their own life to serve you and other people. Father, we pray that they would inspire us to become the people you've called us to be. And we pray as they do that, that we would start to inspire others as we start to follow their example. But we also realize we can't do this by ourselves. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and empower us and enable us to become like a Timothy and a Paphroditus and a Paul. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.